Oh, hello there. My name is Brian. I'm a teacher. I'm teaching during COVID-19, and this is my podcast. There, I said it. Welcome to the podcast today. We have a very special guest, much like yesterday where we had a guest on here that will talk to me and I don't have to talk to myself, so I'm not so lonely anymore. Today we have Paige Fisher. How you doing, Paige? I'm good. How are you? Great. I'm doing great. So Paige, uh, you are a teacher. Well, you're a pre-teacher, right? You're not finished with the program yet? Nope. I have one semester left. One whole semester. Which college are you going to? IUPUI. And that's in Indianapolis, correct? Yeah. Now, do you live up there on campus? No, um, I did last year, but since the semester is online, I've been able to just live at home for now, so I don't have to go all the way to Indy. Well, that'll save a lot of money then, won't it? Um, yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, were, were there any, like, big uh, changes when you were there? Did you go last, you say you went last semester? Yeah, it was in person last semester up until March, I think. And then they canceled it all together after that. Or well, they just yep. went online. Went online. Yep. I can't even imagine going to college right now during this COVID nineteen. Especially, I mean, going to elementary school is, is another thing because we're kind of forced to right now. But um, I can imagine college. Like you know, my my stepdaughter is going to IU right now, and that's uh, I don't I wouldn't want to do it. But anyway, so you're going to uh, IUPUI to become a teacher. Is, is the program at IUPUI pretty difficult? Because I know, like, I went to IUS in New Albany, and it's a branch of Indiana University. And I didn't think the program was that hard, to be honest with you. I thought it was fairly easy, but uh, how's your program? Um, Overall, I would say it's, it's pretty easy, honestly. Um, I know a few of my friends who kind of struggle within it. Um, it's definitely getting harder the deeper I get into the program. So since I'm going into my last semester recently, um, the work has been harder. Uh, there at IUPUI, it's also uh, culturally focused. So they focus on urban schools and like being culturally relevant. Yeah. So uh, that is something I had never been exposed to coming from good old Bedford. <laughs> so yeah. um, that made it difficult. A little bit when I first started out but I mean overall I would say it, it's pretty easy honestly yeah I know exactly what you're talking about with I grew up in, in good old Salem Indiana right we call it Salem down there <laughs> and I, like I, said, I went to New Albany where my school was at so a lot of our practicum experiences were in Louisville or Louisville however you know where it depends on where you're from how you say it but and I was in some inner city like there was chain link like you know the like the little barbed wire fencing around the school and there's a liquor store right across the street kind of school and i'm like what is this and i just remember i went into a classroom and it was like 90 percent speaking spanish and i had no clue what i was doing oh <laughs> absolutely that's exactly it was like a culture shock whenever i started going into indie schools yeah oh yeah yeah i guess yeah indie schools and and there's what a couple hundred up there it seems like but mm -hmm. yeah but it yeah it was an eye-opener definitely an eye-opener so uh so you're getting kind of a different view of what's what education's like you know yesterday's guest ashley philpot she's going to wgu and uh I don't, I don't know exactly which from what i've understood she's been to a lot of like like you said 
farm schools like we have <laughs> going to springs springs valley is not a big school and it's not very diverse like like you're experiencing for sure so are you student teaching now or no not right now um I do have, we called it field experience, so that's where I get to meet with students um, for like 30 minutes on Mondays and Wednesdays, but other than that, that's pretty much all I'm getting to do with students. I'm not actually student teaching until next semester. But you will student teach then? Yes. We don't, I don't know how that's going to look yet. We have been yet to be told. Um, It just, it depends on if the schools are in person or if they're online, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, that's it's very it's gonna be a, way different. Now, are you trying to get down here to student teach, or are they gonna make you do it in Indianapolis? Do you, do you know that or anything yet? They don't let us choose, so I will be in an Indy public school, so IPS. Um, it'll be an IPS school for sure, but I don't know which one yet. I see, I see. Yeah, that. <sighs> I think that'd be probably your best bet. I mean, I, I wanted to student teach in Salem, which they wouldn't let me do because that's my home school. And I get that. You know, the, the teachers there see you as still a student, and that's what they told us. And then they let me come to Bedford, and it's just because I lived here, and uh, nobody knew me here, so I guess that was okay. But uh, you're going to get – yeah, you're going to be a super teacher by the time you're done with those uh, city schools in Indianapolis for sure. Like I would, I tell myself like, oh, it'd be so much easier if I could be in Bedford, but it's actually really good that I'm going to be in Indy because it'll get me out of my comfort zone and like I'll experience stuff I never would have in Bedford for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it might, it might even be better because you know, the, the changing in the demographics of schools nowadays, you know, we can experience anything down here in little old Bedford and, and people (laughs) moving down here. So you never know. Uh, So, I'm going to, we're going to take a quick little break here uh, for our sponsors, of course, you know, our DNA designs and all that. So uh, when we get back, we're going to talk about some things that you've learned so far in the education field. All right. Sounds good. Hey, babe, have you heard of a salon? Yeah. How about a beauty shop? Sure. What about a boutique? Well, of course. Yeah, but have you heard of a Brotique? Okay, what is that? <laughs> well, let me tell you. Chris Atchison at DNA Designs, he has created this all-new Brotique. It's a store inside of his shop that caters to, you guessed it, bros. They have like bro-based stuff like graphic tees from old businesses of Bedford. Places I've never heard of, but places like Pleasers and Racks. Racks? I used to work there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't about you. It's about the bros, Carrie. The Brotique will also have men's grooming supplies and beard care items. <laughs> I know I love my beard being well cared for. And they will all have like sorts of stuff that they say like, hey, I'm a man. So come on down to DNA Designs in Bedford, Indiana at 2831 U Street and check out the new Brotique. back that was a great commercial i gotta say page for dna designs uh even a little cameo there from uh from from carrie a good friend of yours uh, (laughs) growing up so so all right let's dive into this now what do you see as challenges as becoming a teacher in today's society you know like you talk about indianapolis the way children are now what are some challenges do you think that you're going to face 
Um, well, this has been brought to my attention a lot doing online school and working with kids online. Um, I feel like it's really, it's really difficult to keep students' attention. Um, especially because like technology, like kids, they're like addicted to technology and they they play video games and like, I feel like they're constantly like, um, I don't know. They're constantly like on their computers and their brains are just constantly going. So then I feel like as a teacher, it's kind of hard to like match that like engagement. So I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Does. Online, it's so difficult because like the students are kind of excited to be on their computers, but then again, like you're not giving them that sort of engagement, especially like as uh, in the older grades for sure. Like the younger grades, they might not be exposed to that technology, but the sixth graders I'm working with now, you can just kind of tell like they're not engaged and they don't they don't really care, and it's just difficult online for sure. I agree. I mean, I almost feel like in the last few weeks, I feel like I could be replaced almost um, just by a program almost like as, as a teacher, you know, I, even my students said the same thing. They said, Mr. Young, it feels like because we've had to practice virtual, they say it feels like we could condense our day down to about two and a half hours. And I said, unfortunately, you're absolutely correct. I mean, you guys work a lot faster than what I go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some kids work really fast and some kids work really slow. And I have some kids that, you know, will just finish in a heartbeat. And, and like you said, they're on their computers almost constantly now. And, and I'm an old dude, and but, I, but I'm not like an old school teacher where I feel like it needs to be all pencil and paper. But I've probably gone the other way where I use the computers or the Chromebooks way too much. And it, and it has. It's, it's almost ruined uh, the, the kids' attention span, I think. So... So do you do on like do you do the online with the kids or do you just go to the schools and you, and you meet with them? Um. Well, last year I would get to go to their classroom and meet with them one on one, but since it's all online now, I just meet with them on Zoom. Uh. So. Oh, so oh yeah, I didn't understand. So you don't go to the school, you meet with them on Zoom then. Yeah. So it's like everything is everything is online. So that's why I'm able to like wow. stay in Bedford right now. Yeah. Well, that that's actually. I mean, that's kind of useful, I think. Oh, absolutely. Like, I've had to learn um, Microsoft Teams because I'm... I'd like to learn that, yeah. I'm used to Zoom, so it's given me an opportunity to use a new software. um, And I've also had to create an online portfolio and, like, online lesson plans. So it's definitely going to be valuable when I'm, like, looking for a job because I already have, like, this online portfolio built up. And Absolutely. I feel like online teaching is the future. So I might really I might only be an online teacher. Like, who knows? Yeah. I've often, I thought about doing that this year, just quitting here in the corporation and doing that. But I'm, I'm scared. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I've taught for 15 years in a classroom. And it's like, I go this route. What if it changes? Because you know how education's cyclical. Mm-hmm. You know, what worked 10 years ago, we're trying to get now. We're like, well, it works now. And, and so I'm kind of scared about that. But I don't know. I'm old enough. I, I guess somebody will watch out, watch out after me. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, that's it's going to be use, way, way useful things for you that as teachers now are having to learn on the go you're learning that now on how to make an online class and that's that's going to be very useful so that's that's awesome that they're doing that with you so 
one question I was thinking, and I asked Ashley this also, like before you started teaching, you know, when you were in uh, Carrie's classroom being a cadet teacher, yelling at the kids and telling them to work it off. <laughs> what what's something that you had no idea then that you definitely know now? Um, I feel like there's a lot, but for like I didn't real, especially working in IPS. Um, I realized like there's so many barriers between you and students, especially like, okay, so for example, the first student I ever worked with um, at an IPS school, he was a little kindergartner and he didn't speak any English. And it was like a shock to me. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I went to the teacher and I'm like, hey, is there a um, translator or do you have any tips on ways I can communicate with him? And the teacher was just kind of like, oh, like, you'll be fine. He's used to, like, not really knowing what's going on. And she just really didn't care. Oh, wow. And so I kind of had to figure that out by myself. I had to buy, like, flashcards that had Spanish numbers and the English numbers. And so that was, like, a really big struggle that I hadn't considered at all because I'm just – I'm used to little Bedford. And so I'd never been exposed to something like that. And so that's just and there's so many different examples, but that's just one I've experienced um, that really stood out to me. It's just crazy. There's so there's so many different kids. All the kids are different. (laughs) And there's just there's so much you have to learn about the kids. And there's so many struggles that people don't realize teachers have. Like, it's it's insane. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think you uh, having that background, I would definitely put that on my resume that you've worked at, you know, in the IPS schools and you've dealt with kids, uh, you know, with ESL, like Seymour. You could go to Seymour and uh, if you if you know how to speak Spanish, I bet you could go to Seymour and actually get a job fairly quick over there. There's a large Latino population over there for sure. Um, so that's definitely a good thing to have in your pocket and have it in your portfolio that, that you you've done that and a lot of us teachers can't say that we have done that now i know what you're talking about though because that that same school i was talking about that had the the barbed wire fencing around it and i said it was like 90 percent uh spoke uh spanish i remember going in there and the teacher wouldn't let us um like explain things to those kids and i just remember that being the oddest thing we're like she's like nope they got to learn english on their own because you know i knew a little bit of spanish but she wouldn't let us speak it to them that's exactly Damn. how it was at IPS, and that goes against everything I've learned in my program. Um, yeah. The teachers are really adamant on only speaking English, and I think that's why a lot of um, ESL students struggle, and like that's why they don't flourish in school. Um, yeah. It's ridiculous. And I took Latin in high school, stupid Latin, so... <laughs> I had no. Were you going to be a nurse or what? <laughs> I had no Spanish background, and so I was just so lost. And it's very sad to see students struggle like that because it's not their fault at all. No, yeah, exactly. And that's it's a shame. I mean, we we need better ESL programs for sure. I mean, we have one here in this corporation, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure how well that's developed because, you know, we don't have a very large population of kids that speak any other language here than than English I mean it's, it's a very small percentage for sure so it's very very sad that that like you said we put them in that position uh, we set them up to fail basically so if I were to tell you right now no, I'm not I'm not actually doing this so don't get excited <laughs> but if I were to tell you right now that you were hired wherever I'm at or whatever uh, would you freak out or be cool as a cucumber 
Um, <laughs> I feel like both. So I haven't done student teaching, like I mentioned. So I feel like a part of me would freak out and say, oh my gosh, I'm not prepared. I haven't even done student teaching yet. But then again, like, will I ever be prepared? <laughs> like, no, nope. I'm never going to be 100% ready. So I feel like if I were to be hired, like, right now, I just need to, like, I would just have to jump into it and just roll with the punches. And that's how it's going to be next year when I go to get a job. I'm just going to have to just roll with the punches yeah. and go with it. And that that's teaching in general. I mean, you're going to find that out every year. It's, it's, you're never prepared. I'm, as I said, 15 years in, I'm never prepared. I'm, every year is a new challenge. Uh, they change stuff every year, curriculum. It's, you're just never ready. So, I mean, that's, to be a teacher, you got to be flexible. That's what I told Ashley yesterday, um, that if you're flexible and if you understand things change, you're good to go. You're good to go for sure. So, okay. The question that I was asked a lot whenever, I first started out, and I hate it when people ask me this, so I'm going to ask you. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah, especially nowadays, because, I mean, come on, the, the, there's so much bad publicity about education, especially in Indiana, and, you know, the, the, the policies that politicians push through uh, the state house that are against teachers, you see it, the pay is low in most places, the respect is low, the morale is low. The, uh, why? Why are you choosing this profession? <laughs> That's a great question, Brian. Um, <laughs> so, okay, first of all, it is, it's crazy to me that I still have people come up to me and say like, oh, you realize you're not going to make any money, right? Like literally in my last year of, t- like, of school and people are still telling me that. Like, honey, I would not be this deep if I like, if I was in it for the money. So anyway. Don't ever say that to a pre-service teacher or a teacher. Just don't say it. Yeah. Um, but, like, okay, so I, I have to shout out your your wife, lovely Carrie. So I was cadet teaching. We talking about the same lady here? <laughs> <laughs> I was cadet teaching in her fourth grade classroom. Um, and Josh, you know, you know Josh. I'm sure she mentions him quite oh, a bit. Yeah. Um, he was awesome and he like, he's really the reason I went to the program that I'm in. Um, he, I was just, I loved being able to help him and like anytime I would walk into the classroom, he would be like, Miss Paige. And he would like waltz on back to the table and just got really excited. And like, I could see progress whenever I was working with him. And so like, just seeing that like change and seeing his personality grow like it just really it just really moved me and because before I did cadet teaching if you had asked me oh do you want to be a teacher I would have said heck no I don't like kids um (laughs) so just having that experience in cadet teaching where and Josh like came to my high school graduation and we did special olympics together and so that was just awesome and I loved that and I want to be one of those teachers like that kids remember because I still remember my first grade teacher Mrs. Fabian and how awesome she was and I remember like my sixth grade math teacher Mrs. Peabody and so I just really want to be like one of those teachers that kids remember and that fuels their love for learning because like we mentioned before so many kids are set up to fail 
And so I want to be one of those teachers that sets them up for success, as cheesy as it sounds. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's it's, it's a really good answer for sure. Um, and, and just to clarify, I want to go back uh, when you, you were talking about my wife and you said the lovely Carrie. And I said, is we talking about the same person? I thought you said the nice and and yeah, because she she likes to she likes to make herself be mean when she's a teacher. So, uh, but I didn't hear that part. I wasn't. Li- I was like one of the students. I wasn't listening. I guess, <laughs> right? <laughs> I wasn't following directions. No, but yeah, that's it's true. And and what you need to understand. And I wish I had learned this uh, earlier in my career is that I took a lot of things to heart. That when a kid didn't like me, I took that personally. And that's the thing that you, you'll have to understand that you won't be able to have them all like you. Um, but a majority of them will. I mean, because with any crowd, you know, you're going to get with a group of people. Someone's probably yeah. going to like you. And kids are that way. And I'm still, even to this year, I, I take it hard every once in a while. And I have to remind myself, Brian, you've taught a thousand something kids in your lifetime. And maybe 20 of them just hated you didn't like you said you were the worst teacher ever the percentage is pretty good you're right the percentage is pretty good that that they say that so but it, it definitely is and it's worth getting up every day you know like i did with the news last year just just getting up every day and seeing the kids their excitement and like you said josh's excitement for seeing you and and to walk into my classroom and the kids are like already working on the news stuff and um, that makes it all worthwhile again and and you know that's that's why we do this for sure that's why we do this as you said it and in one of my podcasts I talk about it's not about the pay and you know we need to stop saying that as teachers that we're not doing this for the money because then they're like well we're not gonna give you any money then if it's not yeah. about the money but I, like Carrie has said it's it's about respect and I think that's what we want more because that could go that would go a hell of a lot longer a lot, lot more of a distance if they just gave us respect mm-hmm. and I, I mean, that's, that's my, uh, you know, there, there, that's my, uh, there, I said it moment, um, just give us respect. And, you know, we, I think we would love this profession a, a lot more. So do you have any questions for me now that I rambled on there about teaching? Um, cause I've known you since probably kindergarten, uh, probably not personally, but I remember you and your brother and, and but you know, I've known you the last probably seven years or so. Do you have any questions for me about teaching? Well, this actually popped up tonight um, because I'm making like a list of like classroom materials. This is a very like surface level question. Um, (laughs) I was just curious, like (laughs) what materials you actually use in your classroom? Because I don't want to like get things and then they not be put to use, you know? So like what what do you like Uh go through like quickly in your classroom? Well... Because I'm high technology, I don't use a lot of pencils and papers and stuff like that. But it just depends on if it, which if you balance it out, you know, um, having that stuff on hand, which usually your school will have that for you. Um, headphones for sure. Nowadays, I would have never said that 10 <laughs> years ago, but headphones uh, get good quality headphones for your classroom. Um, the schools want to buy cheap ones all the time and they last like one use. They're like the, the cheap headphones that you would find in a hotel, uh, gym, <laughs> you know, they're in little plastic and they're just horrible. So I would definitely suggest getting that, but I mean, folders, I, I'm, I'm an unconventional teacher. I mean, I even tell the kids, you don't need to bring a backpack. 
like you don't need to bring a backpack because you're not I mean we don't have a whole lot of books yeah and and they, they have a folder that they might put some graded papers but a lot of my papers are graded online and you know even sitting in the classroom uh, their math is about the only thing that we actually do on paper so you know I don't I don't require a lot I'm pretty um, pretty frugal with the way I, I handle my room books though definitely you're going to want to have like library books yeah good books uh you know i went online on uh ebay many years ago and ordered just a lot you know you know like lots of books like the lot lot and you'd buy like maybe 50 books for like 25 dollars. and i ordered a bunch of those and i was lucky that there were a lot of quality books in there you do that a lot of times you'll just get garbage books kids will never read um so but i would definitely say get a lot of books okay. in your classroom and um, and, and like posters, you know, like a lot of teachers hang posters up and I'm not one to decorate. Uh, I would say if I were decorating and, and female teachers and male teachers are, are probably way different. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of a, a rarity in these parts of being an elementary teacher, a male. But I use my decorations like what we're using it for. Like, let me like Harry Potter. Let's say I'm reading a Harry Potter book. Well, I have the Harry Potter banners that mm-hmm. I put up at that time. You know, I don't, I don't waste a lot of space by just putting up, you know, yeah. you can do it and be kind. You know, I, I don't put a heck far in my classroom. I have a, a poster of the Beatles, Pink Floyd and Bob Dylan on my wall. So I, you know, I, I, I'm not very conventional in that sense, but I don't know if I would be able to answer your question on that very well. But um, yeah, I, I would say a lot of those things that they'll have on okay. hand for you, but yeah, head, headphones. That's, that's it sounds just like a stupid <laughs> answer, but headphones and books. Headphones um, and books. A question uh, I just so. thought of is so like in my program we're told all the time like expect for your lesson plans to never go as planned. Um, so like how often <laughs> do one of your lesson plans actually go as planned or do they never go as planned? Never. <laughs> never. Um, well, for, for one, let me say you won't make lesson plans. <laughs> Great. What have I been uh, learning then? <laughs> exactly. Uh, some schools you'll go to, they may require you to submit lesson plans, but I have not seen okay. any of those schools yet. Uh, we don't do it here. Mitchell, I think the middle school made them do it for a while, but it's just, it's, it's too time consuming already for us. You know, my theory is you're a professional, you know, the standards you're supposed to teach. You know what you're supposed to teach, roughly. If you're a new teacher, it's you know it'll take you a little bit of time. But the curriculum that we have is supposed to be set up, you know, in guidance with the standards. Um, so I think that's why they don't really require us to do lesson plans here. Um, and, and, and trust me, that was a thing that I said <laughs> just the same. You know, I spent all that time in at IUS, and we had to write lesson plans, lesson yep. plans, lesson plans. And student teaching, everything I taught had to be a lesson plan. We had to do an opener, you know, and we had to do a catch and we had to do all that garbage that you, you won't do uh, every day. And a lot of times my grade book looks like um, it just says chapter five, lesson six in the math book. And I've taught long enough and I've taught that lesson long enough. I know what I need to do for that lesson. Now you, you might want to um, maybe 
you look up different things that yeah. you might want to do with it. But after the first couple of years of teaching that, you're going to be able to say like, oh yeah, I'd rather do this or that didn't work. And I think it's very important though for newer teachers and even us old teachers to reflect on. And I know you do that with your lesson plans also. Which you have to reflect oh, yeah, right absolutely. afterwards. And that, that's, I mean, that's always a good thing. And, and I use this program called um, Plan Book. And it's, it's free. You log in with your Google. And it, what's cool about that is you can select the standards, Indiana standards for the lesson that you're doing. And you don't have to type them in. You just click the check mark and it adds it to that lesson plan for you. And you can type in there what you're going to do. And then sometimes I do that because, you know, I, I, I need to remember what I was thinking because I plan like a week or two in advance. So I need to type stuff in there and say, oh, yeah, I was going to do that. Um, but it, yeah, you're <laughs> I, I love it when new teachers always say that, like my lesson plans. I'm like, OK, you're not going to be doing that. So just just know that most likely if you teach down here, the last lesson plan you're going to write. Well, hallelujah. Teacher. <laughs> they take me. They take me. Yes. Forever, hallelujah. So. Yes, and, and you got to do it for every subject. Imagine doing that, though. If you're an elementary teacher, doing it for math, reading, For every language, single day, study, really. Science. Social. Yeah, 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 it's insane. And that's just, yeah, that's, there's no yeah, rhyme or reason. I mean, we don't get paid yeah, enough to spend real. a lot of time doing that anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather spend my time focusing on what I'm going to do for that lesson than as opposed to typing it out and yeah. fine-tuning it or whatever. So, anybody that... Have you subscribed yet to my podcast? Well, if you haven't, you should. You know why? Because it's local podcasts like this that make the podcasting world go round. So again, subscribe to my podcast. I'm going to tell you guys all kinds of cool educational things and my ramblings as a teacher. So subscribe today. Thanks. let's end this thing with a uh, talking about your new podcast because again podcast seems to be like the, the thing nowadays right everybody just uh, is are either in their car or their house and they just listen to people ramble on like me so you have a new yeah podcast, i'm not correct? sure um if my first episode will be out by the time this is up but um it might be out but yes i have a new podcast um i'm calling it bittersweet bitches um <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> great. Now I have to put explicit <laughs> on this one. No, I'm just um, so I'm a part of a blog called The Bittersweet Babes, and so it's basically just an extension of the blog kind of thing. Um, I want to talk about just like my life in a sense, and the funny stuff that happens, the even the bad stuff that happens, and I just want it to be like a relatable podcast. Um, so yeah. basically, it's just me on there chit-chatting about just random stuff. And uh, part of the blog, a big part of our blog, is mental health. So I really want to focus on mental health in the Bittersweet Bitches um, podcast. So that will be a huge nice. topic. And yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm very rusty. I was trying to record my first segment today. And it's it's harder than you think to just sit and talk to yourself. It really is. Like, you start listening to my first couple of podcasts, it's like, oh, my gosh. It's like an echoey room and stuff. And then now, uh, you know, I learned <laughs> to, to get in a closet or whatever to, to record these. And um, so, like, are you going to have 
you said bittersweet babes like your your blog now are there yes so um my two cousins and my aunt are a part of the blog um so they will be featured on some episodes of the uh of the podcast but um it's primarily going to be me talking on there but i'm definitely going to have guests not just the bittersweet babes but um my friends family whoever wants to join uh so yeah there's going to be a plethora of topics that we talk about on it a plethora you can tell we're talking <laughs> to teachers here please a big word that they could just use a lot but we say plethora <laughs> all right well Paige, thank you very much for enlightening us on what it's like to be a college student almost becoming a teacher uh especially during this screwed up time called COVID-19 uh again I wish you luck on your podcast again that's bittersweet <laughs> bitches as she called it and uh look them up and she's doing it on here on anchor so it should be available on google and podcast soon and you're right Paige I, I, I produce things really really fast uh and so this will probably be on okay good to uh, know. <laughs> so, yeah so thank you so right, much for having you. me Again, I've known Paige for a very long time, and she's going to be a, an excellent teacher as well. And I, it, was a, it was a pleasure having her on here and, and, and hearing about what it's like to be a student uh, teaching during uh, COVID-19, well, being a student teacher and, and teaching during COVID-19, and just, just how, you know, she's learning how to do you know, online virtual school uh, in her in her in her college studies. That's that's awesome to hear that because that's the thing that we all struggle with right now. And you know, she's going to be an excellent, excellent addition to anybody's school one day. Uh, I guess I didn't really talk about what which grade that she preferred, but it sounded like she was in the upper grades from what I heard there. So, again, a, a special thank you to Paige Fisher for joining us today. And check her blog out and check her podcast out her blog was the bittersweet babes and then her podcast is the bittersweet bitches so thank you for joining me today and there i said it